The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. I don't want to say too much right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ready. I'm ready to play. Snap is back. Four-man rush. Pockets clean. Jacks the ball to the post. It is caught for the touchdown. Romeo Dobbs over the middle. Plenty of time. Pocket held. 6-0 Green Bay and a 7-yard strike on third and goal. You know, I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to show the naysayers, you know, what, what, what was really good. You know, we got a really good team. Here's the snap. Fake rolling to his right. Fields being chased and dragged down. Slung to the ground by the rookie, Lucas Van Ness out of Barrington. You know, we haven't beat Green Bay in a long time, so, you know, I'm, I'm just ready to get this win. In motion to the far side, Toure. Snap from center, love of the bootleg to the near side. Sets his feet, throws opposite side screen. Caught Aaron Jones, blockers in front, 40, 50. To the 40 of the Bears down the sideline, 30. Jones to the 20. Jones streaking down the inside the 10 before Tyreek Stevenson bumps him out of bounds at the 8-yard line. Receiver stacked to the near side, snap out of the gun. They hand it off. Aaron Jones plows into the end zone for a Green Bay touchdown. One yarder, and the lead is 10. Obviously, Green Bay, you, you want to beat them as many times as you can just for the sake of the city. Snap back to Jordan Love. Got a fire over the middle. Has caught Jones away at the 20 to the 15 angling right to the 10 to the 5. Outruns every bear to the end zone for the touchdown. 35-yarder. You know what I'm saying? For the, for the city of Chicago, you know, Illinois in general, this rivalry here has been going on for a long time, and we're just, we're about to be on the other side of that now. Fields now racing out of there. Hit, fumble the football. It's on the ground. It is covered up by the Green Bay Packers at the 28-yard line. You know, we're, we're going to be giving the, being the ones to, to give the beat down. You know, we're not getting beat by them anymore. It's going to be us. Dylan Malone back. He'll be the guy today. Torrey goes back the other way now. From center, he takes, fumble the football, picked it up. Rolling to his right, busted play. What did he do? He throws it to a wide open receiver. Musgrave makes an acrobatic catch inside the 10 and touchdown to the five. Complete Hail Mary bust, and it's a big play for Green Bay. Not one, so that's kind of how I see it. And I'm, like I said, it starts starts uh, Sunday. Dobbs left one on one, top of the field with Jalen Johnson taking the snap. That's where he's going. They get Tariq Stevenson up in the air. Catch is made for the touchdown. A 50-50 over the rookie Tyreek Stevenson at Dobbs. Left corner of the end zone, 30-14 Green Bay. There's no other team in the league that's worked harder than us this offseason. There's no other team in the league that's put in the hours, you know, and, and the, the extra field work that guys, you know, are, on this team are putting in. Nobody's watching film like this guy, this team is putting in. Like, nobody's doing it the way we're doing it here, so. Third down and 11 for Justin. Takes the snap, sidesteps back to throw. Over the middle, intercepted Quay Walker at the 35. To the 30, middle of the field, 25. He is hit by Roshan Johnson, bounces off, stays on his feet, left at the 15, angles 10, 5, to the end zone for the touchdown. Our confidence is through the roof, and you know how, that's, that's how I feel. What the f*** are you talking about, man? Mr. Jones and me tell each other Justin Jones, Aaron Jones, it was all bad. It was a bunch of just crap. Yesterday in the lakefront. You got out of there early, too. You didn't sit around for the whole thing. No, I mean, do you blame me? Nope. I, after the uh, pick six for the touchdown, uh, I left and about, I'd say 25,000 other people left. 25,000 left when I left. Do you think it's good for this team to get away and be on the road this week after this past week? I mean, I, like, you think it's Better than being at home? The, the, no, to be I always away. would much prefer to play at home. But. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's why I don't, I, I don't know. 
they just need a win any way, shape, or form. Like, whether it's a 16-14 win, whether it's 37-34, however they get it, get it. I'd pack that plane full of IV IV bags, that's for sure. Hydrate. Yeah. Especially if you're not in tip-top football shape right now because you missed a lot of the training camp practices. This could be a problem for a few guys. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. No White Sox baseball tonight. That game has been postponed. They have a uh, the rest of the what? No, the just tonight's game has been. Oh, they have I not thought, postponed the season. No. Okay. No. They've not postponed their season. I did not say. I thought I didn't know where you were going. With no, that. they play a doubleheader now tomorrow, starting at three forty. Do we have any guidance there yet, Tyler? For tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be uh, 3.40. We'll have pregame starting at 3. Good times. Here. Good times. Yeah. Mel, are you on the pregame? No, that's a Saturday thing, usually. Okay. Yeah. Tyler, you? You don't, so you looked at the... Uh, last year thing. You looked at the field shirt now. You. Yeah, no, that's no, like, no, look, no. I. you know, you do you is what I would say to anybody. I, that's not a look that would good, look good on me. I could not. Uh, I could not uh, make that happen. Well, well, what did you buy uh, like a couple of years ago? Would you get like some white pants or something like that uh, that you were uh, going around the North Shore in uh, a couple of years ago that you were very proud of? I think not I had like some tan jeans. Is that what they were? I'm like, yeah, like some. You're very yeah. proud of I still am. I haven't <laughs> worn them lately, but yeah, there's nothing in my closet I'm not proud of. I know that was I'm very proud of that. as 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 like out there as you get. Yeah, not not anything. I'm 56 lace. years old. There's really not much that I'm going to take any chances with have at this you, point. Have you ever worn anything like? No, I have not. No, no. I, but again, like if I wore that, it would look significantly worse than if Justin is wearing that. Yeah, and yeah. again. I don't care what my quarterback wears. No, no. I, I want to go I, out there. You know and, what I want him to wear? I want him to wear a 112 quarterback rating. Yeah. That's what right. I want him to wear. Absolutely. Uh, so there, there's a lot going on today. Uh, and you, if you want to weigh in, 332-3776. Uh, we talked a lot about the game plans. We didn't like the offensive game plan. We didn't like the defensive game plan. We didn't like the player execution all the way around. We didn't like the way the offensive line played. We didn't like the way the quarterback played. I mean, like, pick. there was really nothing good to come out of that. I, I mean, look, there are certain guys that may have been less bad than others and and like Roshan Johnson if you ask me to to pick a highlight it would be their rookie backup running back who ended up playing more snaps than any of the other running backs which I think is going to be the trend going forward and I thought that he gave them a little bit of a give them a boost when they needed one now again I'm that drive looked really good is that the Green Bay Packers taking their foot off the accelerator do we give the Bears credit for for you know Continuing to play, I think it's a little bit of both from my perspective. But I don't think you give them credit for continuing to play, but it's something that I think Roshan Johnson. I thought another yeah. thing on why stuff does matter on what we saw in camp. Like this is like all th- not everything is going to translate, but a lot of the things that we we knew right away that they got themselves a hell of a player. DJ Moore. In DJ Moore. We also we, we saw knew, Roshan Johnson we, do good things. We saw right away 
Roshan Johnson was going to be a player. I think Tyreek Stevenson fits we that. We saw right away. Joniak well. told you right away that Tyreek Stevenson is going to be a player. The, the way he leads already as a rookie, the way he's physical, that he was going to be a player. There are several things that translate. We were worried about the way Justin was looking, the way he would hold on to the football, the way he would um, want to run, either give up on the play too soon, get out of the pocket. He would not want to 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 read the football field well, go through the progressions well, look down too quickly, take off. Um so we saw the offensive line struggle at times. Yes, uh, or a lot of guys not wanting to practice or not able to practice, and we were worried that they would maybe be available but not uh, be ready to play. And we thought they're and like I've been very passionate about the difference between being available and being ready. And by the way, yesterday when you watched that game. Was that one of the messages you took away? I know it was for me that our football team, as expected, the fear was validated. The fear that maybe they weren't in really good football playing shape. A group, you know, several of them fit that bill. And I felt like that came to fruition. I think a lot of their important players did not get enough practice time to play in an NFL game yesterday. I don't think anyone would write that out as the prescription on how to get ready for a football game. Yeah. Uh, Jaquan Brisker did not. Uh, Eddie Jackson did not get enough practice time. Nate Davis did not get enough practice time. Lucas Patrick did not get, uh, get enough practice time reps. A lot of these guys did. Um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, we told you before the game too, uh, that, that crowd was so ready. And what was odd, and Courtney uh, dissected this really quickly, too. Not only did the Bears give you 12 people on their depth chart last year on an 11-person starting lineup. Yesterday in the starting lineup that they introduced, they gave you 13 players. They introduced 13 players. Okay, you may say, what's the big deal? You never see the Bulls introduce seven on their starting five when they turn out the lights. They're 11 starters. What are they, why are, who are they scared of offending uh, about a reserve? And like, there's been a lot of talk that Chase Claypool does not like being listed as a reserve. If you're a reserve, you're a reserve. If you're not a starter, you're not a starter. So be it. This is the National Football League. Everybody is a professional here. We've never, uh, you, right? You've never heard of any such I thing, have, not, have you? No, no. I've never. I, mean, I don't know what what is the impetus, what is the motivation for needing to introduce more than 11 people. I don't know. I don't want to make too much of it, but I also don't want to dismiss it because I think you can draw some conclusions from it. Well, I mean, this is why I'm going into this because of the way he played, and I want to go what's going around on Twitter, and that's there's a point to this other than just saying you shouldn't introduce 13 players. It's about enabling players. It's about enabling, like, Nate Davis wasn't ready to play a football game, but you gave him $30 million, and he wanted to play when he wants to play. No, that's not the right thing. If you deemed him not ready to play, he should not have been out there. He had a 7% success rate in pass protection yesterday. That isn't good enough. Just because he was signed in the offseason, he wasn't ready to play. You don't just hand him the job. 
You get them ready to play. You do what's best for your football team. If Chase Claypool isn't a starter, you don't introduce him as a starter just because he's offended that he's a reserve. I've heard of teams being introduced as a team coming out where all 53 run out. But if you're going to introduce a starting lineup, you introduce your starting 11. Chase Claypool went out. And, and like this goes back to June where a lot of people came after me And my source um, from inside the building that I will 1,000% stick with um, who told me that this is a guy who is not self-motivated. And today going around Twitter now is Kyle Brandt's piece from this morning where he talked about um, and he alluded to Chase Claypool I forgot the exact quote, but not, and I'll play, let me, let me play this for you. There is a player for the Chicago Bears who I'm not going to mention. I don't know what he's doing out there. He certainly doesn't look like he wants to be out there. He's a name. He's a guy you know. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't have to. If you watch five seconds of this game, you know who I'm talking about. I don't know what this player is doing, but I know he's not trying, and I don't know if he's going to be out there much longer. So he's not trying is what Kyle Brandt on a Good Morning Football is saying. And did they show the video to accompany his message? Yes. And and now others who cover the sport are using what Kyle, Kyle Brandt's, um, his rant was written up in the New York Post. I have retweeted it. The New York Post even picked this up about Chase Claypool. Um, so that's going around now, too. Um, Jared Payton has sent out the video about him missing blocks, dropping passes. Like uh, it, it, it looks very lackluster to very little effort being put in. Look, uh, it, it, I'll, I'll say this. The eye in the sky don't lie, okay? Like, a lot of people can talk all big in June about this and that and who's got this and who's got that and Sylvie doing stuff for clicks. The eye in the sky don't lie. Tell me that that looks like a motivated player. That's damning. That's damning video. This is another example of why I said to you earlier today that that film, offense, defense, and special teams, if I was the coach, would have been watched by all of us together. But again, what are they doing? Are they, are they coaching him tough? Or are they giving him a pseudo starting spot because he's upset? That he's not a starter. That's why why I'm drawing this here. This is a team that's not being coached hard. This is a team that's being handed stuff that doesn't be deserve to be handed anything. They have lost nine in a row to the Packers. They have lost ten in a row to the division. They have lost eleven straight games dating back to last year. This team does not need to be handed anything. They need to be earning stuff. Nate Davis needs to be earning his starting spot. Chase Claypool needs to be earning to be introduced out there on the starting lineup or his spot on the depth chart. They don't need to be handed anything. So if you want to call it meathead, fine. But you need to earn stuff when you're in the National Football League, Waddle. You you know it. You lived it. You earned oh, yeah. it. You were caught four times in this league, yep. and you had to earn everything that you you got in in this in in professional football. This is why I you know I'm adamant about they need to decide today who they want to be going forward. I, I mean, for all the reasons you mentioned, I think. If it, if if you allow that to take place inside your locker room, um, you know it'll it'll consume you. It will become the monster. 
So you've got to set the tone and you've got to make everybody understand what is the the expectation level. Has anyone asked the coach why it's necessary to announce 13 starters? And if so, why? Like that to me is another question that would be one that I would pose to somebody up there. Like if someone is like a super sub and is really, really good on your football team and is producing and you want to do it, like I don't care. I don't have any hard, fast rules on that. That's fine. I'll give you an example. Cordero Patterson is is used as a joker. Like I told you that. He's a, a, a contributing force. What the hell has Chase Claypool done where he's earned well, this? Not, not that. I mean, I think like an offense, your kicker's considered on the offensive uh, depth chart and your punter's on the defensive depth chart. So if you even wanted to run your kicker or your punter out there, if you were introducing your defense or your offense, that is the only thing that in, in my whole experience with football that would make any sense. This doesn't. And I, and I just would ask the question, why is it necessary to introduce 13 people? And the reason I'm making a big you know, thing about it is because maybe it's symbolic of something that runs deeper in the program. Like, things, why, why, things are does, being handed out. Why, are you, why is it necessary that you announce 13 people as your starters? Like, what, what is being earned inside that building right now? Like, you, you haven't achieved anything. Well, why would you be pandering to somebody you traded for that has only been even... He hasn't been part of your program for a year, a That's calendar what I mean, year. and he's been a bust since he's walked in. Go out and prove something. It's just weird. There's a lot of weird stuff right now that is sitting strangely. Q on the west side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Q? Hey, what's up, Waddy and Sizzle? How y'all doing, man? We're good. All right, all right. Hey, just to piggyback on what you guys are saying, man, I've been listening all morning. And one of the things that actually stood out to me was uh, the Bears, their identity. You know, everything that you guys have been talking about has been based upon the identity and what they, you know, other teams really don't respect us. And I think the Bears have been cursed ever since they got rid of Lovey Smith. When Lovey Smith got hired, the first thing he said is we're going to take away the football and beat the pack. And if you look at since the Bears have dismissed Lovey Smith, the projection that they went, if I'm not mistaken, 2005 they had a winning season, 6 they had a winning season, 10 and 18 they had a winning season. Ever since then, they've been downhill. And I think more so is because of their identity. They are not physical. They are... If you listen to what you was just saying about how they prima donnas and the culture that they have brought in the locker room, they have got away from the fundamentals of just a winning mentality in the, in Hallis Hall here. And I'm going to hang up and let you guys talk from now. Yeah, listen, the Lovey Smith conversation is always an, an interesting one for me. I think both of us respect the hell out of the, the, the time that Lovey was the head coach here. And I know his players loved him. I don't have a problem with the their decision to move away from him because they had been to the playoffs once in, what, six years? Then they missed the playoffs like four or five years. So I understand why they... But you have to find somebody then who can be better. Somebody that takes you back to the top of the mountain. They haven't been able to do that. I... I like, I listened to, to Lance talk today, and, and it really resonates with me. You know, he talks about leadership on both sides of the football. Like, Olin was in complete control of that offense. And Brian and Peanut and, and Lance and others were in complete control of that defense. I don't know that you look up there right now 
And is there anyone that you say to yourself, if all else fails, I can look to this guy to provide the leadership or to be the rock for this unit if necessary? On defense, who would it be? Is it Eddie Jackson? He's a captain. It's Eddie, Eddie Jackson. I thought Eddie did a really nice job last year resurrecting his career. Really did. I thought he was. And it's Edmonds, right? Eddie, Eddie. He's new. Right. On the offensive side, Brisker, it's... Brisker's a vocal guy, but Brisker's said some weird stuff, Second-year guy. I mean, like, that... It doesn't resonate the way it does when Olin's talking to you or Lance is talking to you or Brian. And again, you have to earn the right to be that leader. But inside those huddles, it... it you know, you need one of those guys. A Brisker, on both sides. I, I just alluded that Brisker said some weird stuff. I want to read you the couple of things that Jaquan Brisker, who I like a lot, said some odd stuff, though, coming out of the Packer games. There are two things that I want to uh, read you. All of your calls coming up 312 332 3776. Ah, commuting in Chicago. Ah, if you're stuck, Stick with Waddle and Sylvie, weekdays 2 to 6. Saw a piece on NBC Sports Chicago that had some Juan uh, Brisker quotes that were questionable to say the least. The quotes? The quotes, oh. yeah. The performance was questionable. The he had, uh, I was glad, though, that he was okay because he... Yes. He uh, he had to leave and then he came back. He's a good player, great player. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, I, I but it was again questionable. Like he said, he will again. And if you go back to something that Tyler Scott said last week in a podcast, Jaquan Brisker called the players only meeting and he said, "Why not us?" Last week, "Why not us? We're good enough. Why not us?" Then after they lost this game, Jaquan Brisker spun it as saying, "We needed this." I don't know why you'd need a uh, wake-up call in the first game of the 2023 season, which is year one of the rebuild, after you just completed the teardown the the season prior. Yeah, like I could understand when you come out with a "why not us" speech. <laughs> if you come out with a five and one record, and then you get a little too big, and then in game seven, you know you get one put on you. You say, okay. We maybe needed to be grounded by this. Yes. It was a good sort of grounding moment for us. We needed this. You Fine. Need, don't but, need grounding in week one. No, not after the why not us on the first game to say we needed this. No, you no, the first game against the Packers after you've lost eight in a row in the rivalry, you better not need another ass kicking. What do you mean you need this? How many more do you need of these? Hopefully that's it. Hopefully they don't need another one of those. And then tell me if, if this is something you would want him saying after the win. I don't think that Jordan Love was great. After I don't think it loss. was. I don't, what was that? You said after, no, after the, the win, win, after the loss. After the Packers win, after the uh, Bears loss. Yeah. If this is something you want Brisker saying. He said... I don't even know. Uh, he, so it's it, this reads from the NBC uh, Chicago piece. The loss stung the Bears defense that talked a big game all offseason. But they left Sunday's game largely unimpressed with Jordan Love. Quote, I don't even know how to answer that, Brisker said after the game about Love. He's just Jordan Love, number 10, Packers quarterback. He's nothing special. 
He put 30 on you, or 31, right? Their offense did. Their offense scored 31 points. If you, I don't care what name is on the back of the jersey of the quarterback, if that guy on a consistent basis puts 31 on your defense, you're going to lose, I will say, 95% of those games. Yeah, I mean, is that really, like, even if, like, I don't think he he's going to be great either, but it, after you just got your ass kicked by them, if he's nothing special, what are you? You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. It, 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 I just don't, like, I mean, I think that's a reflex because we have played against Favre and Rodgers for all these years. I can't sit here and tell you he's going to be great or he's not going to be great. This was his second start. And the two starts he's made the National Football League, Pretty hard to play quarterback in this league. He's looked pretty good. He threw, what, three touchdowns yesterday? Three touchdowns, no interceptions. He could have had five. Honestly. Yeah, well, if, I mean, if he, he should have had five. Yes, he should have had five. So there's room for him to grow. I guarantee you that Aaron Rodgers didn't have that stat line in his second start in the National Football League. Like, imagine, what are we supposed to infer from those comments? You think you got your ass whooped? On Sunday against the Packers, just wait till week three when Patrick Mahomes is out right. there. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're not impressed after, like, and even if if that's true, like, is that what you want to say? Like, say, look, we shouldn't be talking about anything. We got enough to worry about inside our locker room right now to be worrying about what's inside their locker Jordan room. Jordan Love came to town with one career start under his belt. He brought the youngest team in the National Football League into your building. Everyone in his his skill position group is a second-year player or a rookie. They may be the most inexperienced skill group in the National Football League. And they put 245 passing yards on all of you with three touchdowns. Now, again, Aaron Jones went for one of them, and he's a fabulous player. They were without their best wide receiver. I just don't know why you would think it's the right thing to do. It's, you know what? We give them credit. We need to be better. We'll be better next week in Tampa. There you go. That's the right way to say it. Michael in Winfield, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Michael? What's up, fellas? I am uh, I'm disappointed and disgusted. I mean, on both sides of the ball. I mean, first of all, on the offense, it's, it's fourth and one. You have Roshan Johnson, who's a beast. You don't line him up and have somebody come behind or, or even have Justin Fields do it and have somebody come behind and shove him. I mean, it's one yard. It should be no problem at all. The second thing is, can we get a defensive coordinator that would blitz more once again? I mean, seriously, like, you got a, an inexperienced quarterback coming into town with inexperienced people behind him, and you don't blitz him? You just give him all day? Of course, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to put 30-plus 30, 30 points on him. I just, I'm done. what I'm you've been saying, Waddle. Yeah, I mean, look, I, if you can't get there with your standard defense, you better have an adjustment in your back pocket. Like, because this is only going to get more difficult. Week three, like, I have no idea what Baker Mayfield's going to do. Baker Mayfield played a pretty clean game up in, in Minnesota yesterday, and they won. Like, if you don't pressure Baker Mayfield, he's going to complete some passes to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And then week three, if you don't pressure Patrick Mahomes, it could be a Ugly. a bloodletting. Todd and Glenn Ellen, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Todd? Hey, guys. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Um, also, that transition from before was just so depressing of every single Packer touchdown. Um, blame but, uh, blame the Bears well, and blame Meller. 
<laughs> right, yeah. More mellow than Bears, although uh, okay. he could blame Bears. I think you got it the other way around, but go ahead. <laughs> when you're blown out like this, I think you got to look still at the top. And we've been blown out so much over the past five years. And I know Poles has only been here for a year and a half of this. But for me, after yesterday, the honeymoon is over with Poles. I mean, I think it starts with the Flus hire. There was no process from, from Poles. It was just 48 hours later, it's Flus. Didn't interview one guy. You know, you got the Mac trade. I remember sitting there in NFL Network and Pelissero was like, this came together today. You know, did you shop him around and get the best deal? And then Claypool. I mean, this guy, the Steelers were laughing. The NFL was laughing at that trade on day one that it was made. And, you know, now I like what he's done in the draft, to be fair. I think trading down is always good when the roster's barren. But I feel like there's something missing here from the process. And I think you see that in the culture. And, you know, that's how you get results. Like yesterday, when guys are sitting in the third quarter and they're down two scores and they're acting like the game's over. I mean, it's mind-blowing to me. And, you know, I hope Kevin Warren can come in there and, you know, help pulls out and, and figure it out. That's the only hope I have right now is he doesn't strike me as a guy who, you know, settles for mediocrity. But, you know, the process of this whole thing, I mean, it, it led up to yesterday. And, and that's what you saw. Todd, thanks. It, it was still under the leadership of Ted, and, and he was leading it with George. And again, it was it was weird at the time that they were interviewing coaches and general managers at the same time. And I think Eberflus was interviewed before even some general managers was in, were interviewed. But again, like I'll still give him a shot. But it was it was a weird process the way that went down. And uh, what's his name had a lot of say. Napoleon. Napoleon had a lot of say. In, in the hiring. Oh, Ralph on the north side. Ralphie. Hey, what's going on, guys? I just want to say a couple things real quick. One, first of all, people like to say, oh, yeah, you know, Luke Getzey, this defensive-minded head coach, blah, blah, blah. The guy never had even a top half of the league defense with better players. Okay, he plays uh, vanilla cover two that's been outdated all a long time. Okay, on top of that, you got Justin Fields, who at every level of competitive football that he ever played has relied on athleticism alone. He's not a great quarterback. He he does not make anticipatory throws, and he's not going to. He's going to be a bust. Okay, the only guys who got away with that was Michael Vick, who was an underrated passer on top of all of that, his athleticism. Very underrated in terms of the way he played the game as a quarterback and his arm. As far as I could see it, it's going to be the doldrums. It's going to be another complete rebuild. And I really love to see how Jalen Carter looked for the Eagles when that's really what we needed. And I'm so glad they just decided to draft another nice guy that we could bring home to mom. That really goes a long way in this league. Now, so, like, you were, you were all in on Jalen Carter and where they were with this team right now with the culture? With him, fall, with him falling to where they would have gotten him, it was going to be, in my mind, this kid is going to be a, just a game wrecker. And if and and you know what, you know if 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 you want to prove yourself as a coach, then get a guy like that and go ahead and and make him be all that he can be and and build around that. The guy is a freak talent, no doubt about it. And if and if you're able to get him to play the way that he can, you have a perennial Pro Bowl player in the middle of the line at the exact technique that you need for this 
cover two defense. We always knew so, the talent. We always knew the talent. I think I read the piece that was recently written on ESPN, or I forget where it was. Didn't in that piece on how the Eagles ended up with him? Wasn't it in there that many of his Georgia coaches wouldn't even go to bat for him in the draft yes, process? Was. So, like again, so you're this new general manager. You're building from the ground up. You have got to. You have got to hit a home run here with this pick. Uh, are you? Are you? You feel good and confident at nine. Where coaches where he just was after the car accident, after numerous things off the field and on, where coaches say, I'm not willing to put my name and reputation for him on the line. You want to draft that player? Yeah, you know, let's draft another Gabe Creamy. Let's draft well, another. I, I don't know if he's going to be Gabe Creamy. I, a lot of well, people are right. He's right. going to be a black Gabe Creamy. Well, you know I, what I, I'm saying? But, but, no, I don't know what you're saying. No, I don't either. Listen, Darnell Wright, if Darnell Wright becomes your starting right tackle for the next decade, they'll, I mean, look, you'll be fine with that. I'm, I'm okay that they didn't take Jalen Carter at that point for the reasons that they, they thought it through. They made a decision. Will you end up regretting it because Jalen Carter will have a Hall of Fame caliber career? Maybe. But what's most important at this point is that Darnell Wright becomes a difference-making player for you. That the guy you did take was evaluated correctly and developed. That, to me, is what all yeah. I can control right now. And by the way, I think that Eberflus did have a top-10 defense in Indianapolis in 2020. Just for the record. Yeah. They're, they're, look, they're, they're, it was a very interesting... Um, Thought process with Jalen Carter. It was a hard, it was hard. It was hard for a lot of teams. And I think the Eagles only because they were great could have risked. Well, what they had they a were couple doing. of guys in their locker room also that were, I believe, teammates of his at at um, at Georgia. Yeah. So uh, look, it's one thing if the Eagles swing and miss with him because they've already got a roster that's filled with some of the better players in the National Football League. If you swing and miss in a moment where you're trying to build your roster up. It's going to harm you more than it is going to harm the Eagles. Yeah. So there was less risk for Howie Roseman than there was for Ryan Poles. Yeah, Ken in, uh, where are you? In Prospect Heights. What's up, Ken? Guys, I don't, I don't know. The last few years, I feel like these teams, the Bears especially, are a bunch of guys who all receive participation trophies. And it's a kinder, gentler guys. And we can't say anything or call anyone out. Or I don't see a coach thrown a chair or pissed off like Bitka used to be. I need to see that. And, and, and I don't, after yesterday, I, these guys should have been all aggravated. And the coach should have said, we're practicing tonight as soon as we get back to Lake Forest. <laughs> I don't see that. Line it up again. And, 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 and so I, I don't know what the deal is. I, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's like we, we, we won last October and we, we lost yesterday, and we picked back up where we ended last year's season. I didn't see any difference in this play. But I want to see aggravated players. I want to see veins popping out of the side of guys' necks that they're pissed off. And I don't see that with this group or this coaching staff. It's really nice. Let's not say anything bad about anybody. Call people out. Make them responsible. They're all making millions of dollars, for Christ's sake. And that's all I got. We're going to introduce 15 next week. Yeah, 15 guys. Uh, look, I, I I don't know exactly what's going on. I don't know behind closed doors if there are some, you know, some, some harsh words being said. But 
as I told you, I would have everybody in that room watching this film together. And we're going to be held, holding each other accountable. And if Chase Claypool and those plays are, you know, are questionable and his effort is questionable in some of these plays, the whole entire team should be watching that. And vice versa. Like, you know, everybody's performance should be on display for everyone because this is who you are. This is who you are as a team after one week. Does it mean it's who you're going to be in week 10? No. But if this is who you are now, you need to make the decision if you're comfortable and confident with being that. And if not, you better make the changes that are necessary. He's so, right. He's right. They haven't won in 11 games. They have an 11-game losing streak. I don't know how any – listen, you've lost 11 games and what is it now, 10 straight in your division? Yep. I, I mean, look, you, you carry yourself however you want to. I know I would carry myself, just me personally. I wouldn't be popping off about anything. Nothing. Yep. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. No White Sox game tonight. It has been postponed until tomorrow. Uh, we have a doubleheader tomorrow, so we're going to cross talk with Tyler, who will continue to take your phone calls, and we will continue to take your phone calls next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN one thousand. The pregame on the radio network, that'll start two hours prior to every Bears game today. That is 125 because of the 325 kick. Happy birthday to Sylvie, by the way. I believe he is 69 today, so happy birthday. Nice birthday for my man Sylvie. He's going to celebrate in style at Soldier Field over at Gate Zero. Go ahead and say happy 69th birthday when you walk in. Scream to him. Say uh, happy 69th birthday, Sylvie. Enjoy it, my friend. I'm sure he'll love to hear it from you as you walk in to that Bears and Packers game if you're attending in person today. Coming up on the Hard Rock Casino Northern Halftime Show, Sylvie breaks down everything for the first half. I don't know how old he is, but he looks 21 years young. 52. Didn't shave today, though, Tommy. I thought he looked better on his birthday for the opener, but he chose not to uh, take care of business. Might take care of business, though, a couple times. A couple times? Yeah, a couple times before really? the pregame. Yeah, wow. he got to. He had it in the morning. Uh, but uh, got, it was day. It was 52. It was not 69, Mellor. Oh, my bad. And uh, Joniak was right. I did. Uh, look, I was caught in between the shaves. In between the shave Excuse cycle. Excuse me? Caught in between. Uh, I shaved Friday evening. And it wasn't. I was not ready for a shave on Sunday. So. Um, shave and a haircut. So, yeah, it just it, I'm going to shave tonight or tomorrow morning. Congrats. I'm ready for a shave now. Oh, fantastic. I wasn't ready for a shave on Sunday, but, yeah. it, but it, it didn't. I guess I didn't live up to the uh, Jeff Joniak uh, Bears booth standards. I, I, well, I think there was probably a ton of angst, uh, and you were probably <laughs> low on the list of things they were both pissed off about. <laughs> Your uh, facial hair was on low on that list. It's one of those things like when things aren't going well, you find... You find something wrong with things that you normally wouldn't. I, I got to hand it to Thayer, though. Um, he was very, very, calm. very calm and in a great mood before the game. I that, that changes things went on. He, well, I was there and I ducked out after the pick six. But uh, before the game, it was the first time I had wandered into the booth well before the game just to see what was going on. And he was great. Uh, not, not tense at all. 
Is not punching you in the face yes. considered great? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Me not getting That's punched. That's where the bar is set? Yes. Yeah, not yeah. getting punched in the face well, on the, my birthday. I feel like the bar has been set <laughs> so low that I thought I was walking into like a lion's den. Okay. That, that who knew what I was getting into, but he was happy. He was excited to see everybody talking, joking. Great mood. Would you have allowed, this is just a strange question, but if if the Bears... If I could have guaranteed you a Bears win on your birthday, would you have allowed Tom Thayer to punch you in the face? If it, if that's what the determined- how hard, how hard, like it, uh, the hardest he possibly could, one or not like, a kill shot, like, not a kill shot. So but you're guaranteeing I wouldn't die. You're not going to die, and there will be no about, lasting effects. What about There'll a concussion? No, no so, concussion. Okay, yes, then yes. You would have allowed Tom Thayer to punch you in the face if, if it, it guaranteed meant- a Bears win. Okay. Yes. On your birthday. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let you being a team player. Yeah, look, you're guaranteeing me that I'm not going to die, yes. nor am I suffering a concussion. Correct. But he's going to punch no in the face. And you said no lasting effect, so that means I won't have a scar oh, from stitches? I don't know about that. Well, I mean, what about scar from stitches? Look, I, I, I cut open my head on a golf cart. Right, so take so one for the team, yeah. even if you get a couple of yeah. stitches. Look, Bears. Will you let Fair punch you in the face if, in fact, they, you know, they, that would guarantee a win over the Bucks? No, 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 not You're like for Joniak punch you in the face. Yeah, I mean, like, that's it's like, like a tickle. Yeah, yeah right. it's just like a tickle. Yeah. Bears win! Bears win! Fade to black! Punching Sylvie in the face! This uh, punch talking uh, conversation brought to you by our great friends at Steinhoffels. Oh, so they love it. <laughs> uh, I love Steinhoffels. This week, I'm going to solidify my order for the basement. And, uh,. Building up a couple love seats that I got, a new coffee table for my football viewing pleasure. Who do you got tonight? Uh, I'm going to take the Jets. I think oh, they want to really? make a statement at home. I've got the Bills. So, uh, By that- the way, Tom Thayer told me that your step stool inside the booth surprised him a bunch. Oh, yeah. I yeah. did bring a step stool. Yeah. To Did he just text you now? He did. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Tom, it was great. Punch uh, him except, in the face except next for the time, final. Tom. Yeah, if it guarantees a win, you could punch me in the face. <laughs> Thanks to Tyler Aki. Thanks to Jeff Meller. Tyler's coming up next. We have no Sox game now that it's been postponed. So if you're on the line, the stay there. The, this, the just the game, not the season. Not the season, Waddle. Just the game. The game is postponed. No, the game is postponed. The game is postponed. Not postponed. the season, Waddle. That's why I said the game. The, the game. game is uh, so Tyler coming up next, three three two three seven seven six. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Monday night.